Welcome to A Great Big City News, episode 45. Today, the billboard barges give up and the 14th Street Busway opens. If you'd like to support A Great Big City and our podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com support, where individuals can make a one-time or monthly contribution. And if you're a New York area company, visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to view our ad rates and learn more about advertising on the podcast and on the website. Hi, I'm Trace Gilton, founder of A Great Big City. This week, there was a surprising development in the city's fight against the billboard barges that have been floating around the city. The company who brainstormed the LED billboards that float on barges in the waters around Manhattan is thrown in the towel after new state regulations pushed them back 1,500 feet from the shoreline. The advertising company promoting the billboard boats is now settled with the city and agreed to be subject to a $100,000 fine if they operate within New York waters. The bothersome barge will be sent to Florida, where the company has set up a similar barge along the Miami shoreline in 2016. The agreement with the city ends both the company's six-month fight with the city and the challenge they have recently raised to the state law. As of October 11th, the company's website has been replaced with a generic image saying the site is down for maintenance. According to a presentation acquired by Digiday in January 2019, the company was touting their Hudson River and East River coverage to advertisers at the rate of $55,000 for a 30-second looping ad on the banner boats, and they referenced the city's plan to continue developing the shoreline and the city's ferry system as reasons that advertisers should target the LED billboard barges. Eighty-six years ago, on October 10, 1933, a United Airlines Boeing 247 from Newark, New Jersey, exploded in what is believed to have been the first sabotage bombing of a commercial aircraft. plane was quite a bit smaller than modern commercial flights, with only four passengers and three crew members aboard. All seven people were killed in the crash and scraps of the plane were scattered over a wooded area near Chesterton, Indiana. The plane had traveled from Newark to Cleveland and was on the second leg of its journey en route to Chicago when the explosion occurred. Witnesses on the ground reported hearing an explosion, then saw the flaming debris falling from the sky from about 1,000 feet, just after 9 p.m. The plane crashed down with such a speed that it cut through tree trunks and the wreckage burned for more than three hours. Although similar to a fuel explosion, an investigation determined the initial cause to have been an intentional bombing as the explosion blew off the rear of the aircraft and bent the metal skin of the aircraft outward, indicating an explosion from inside. The fuel tanks were also collapsed, showing that they did not explode. Evidence indicated that the blast came from the cargo hold, and it sheared off the tail of the aircraft, leading to a catastrophic drop from 1,000 feet. The tail of the aircraft was found nearly intact one half mile away from the plane's fuselage. Although the FBI found the effects of the explosion similar to the result of high explosives like nitroglycerin or dynamite, no identifiable components from the bomb were discovered and the case remains unsolved to this day, with no known suspects or motive. Since 
Another air disaster happened closer to home 56 years ago on October the 14th, 1963, when a New York Airways helicopter crashes just after takeoff from JFK Airport, killing all six people aboard. This was the first of three fatal crashes for New York Airways, a regional passenger helicopter company headquartered at LaGuardia that served the city and a few nearby airports. The most high profile of the three New York Airways disasters was a 1977 crash high atop the Pan Am building in Midtown Manhattan, which led to the removal of helipads from Manhattan buildings, and you can hear more about that crash on episode 21 of the podcast. After a third fatal crash at Newark Airport, the airline ceased operation and declared bankruptcy a month later. After the bankruptcy, the helicopters used by New York Airways were all sold to Columbia Helicopters based in Aurora, Oregon, and amazingly, despite three fatal helicopter crashes while being operated by New York Airways, one of the company's helicopters now being operated by Columbia Helicopters has gone on to become the helicopter with the highest flying time of any helicopter in the world, logging more than 70,000 flight hours since its construction in 1962. Double check your speed if you're on the West Side Highway after October the 12th. The city is dropping the speed limit from 35 miles per hour to 30 miles per hour on the West Side Highway, south of 59th Street, beginning Saturday. The move is part of Vision Zero, a set of plans adopted by cities worldwide and introduced in New York by Mayor de Blasio in 2014. Vision Zero aims to eliminate pedestrian injuries and fatalities from vehicles, and the reduction in speed on the West Side Highway is meant to reduce the severity of vehicle impacts in the areas south of 59th Street, where the highway becomes street level, and pedestrians and cyclists frequently have to cross highway traffic at intersections, including busy areas like the Intrepid Museum, Chelsea Piers, and Battery Park City. While drivers may rarely even have the opportunity to top 30 miles an hour in rush hour traffic, the DOT will catch any driver speeding using new speed cameras along the highway. If the area south of 59th Street sounds familiar, it's because it's the same area targeted by the upcoming congestion pricing plan where a system of cameras will collect tolls on cars entering the area south of 61st Street. While vehicles staying on the FDR or the West Side Highway will be exempt from congestion pricing, vehicles would be monitored by cameras used for collecting tolls on vehicles exiting the highway once it reaches street level and begins exiting into the central business district south of 61st. The speed limits on all small streets within the city were dropped to 25 miles per hour in November 2014. If you can't enjoy a low-speed drive on the West Side Highway and don't want to pay a congestion toll, consider a ride along the new 14th Street Busway, which was finally able to open on its third try on October the 3rd and has been going swimmingly ever since. The street has been cleared of cars, leaving the buses to freely glide from stop to stop along 14th Street from 3rd Avenue to 9th Avenue. Even though the implementation was delayed by three months by community groups, the first week of the busway seems to have had no noticeable impact on the surrounding streets. Bus riders on social media showed quiet, peaceful, and efficient rides during multiple times of the day, with just a sparse few delivery vehicles parked along the curb. 
It remains to be seen if the city's experiment with a busway can indeed increase the average speed of buses on 14th Street while also not slowing down the surrounding area. But for right now, the first attempt at reorganizing 14th Street seems to be a success. I'll bring you the full Department of Transportation report once the trial period for the busway is complete. Sixteen years ago, on October 15, 2003, a Staten Island ferry strikes a pier at St. George Terminal, killing 11 people and injuring 165 of the 1,500 passengers. The impact with the concrete pier tore a large gash down the side of the ferry, but it was not in danger of sinking. Immediately after the crash, the pilot of the ferry, Richard Smith, attempted to slit his wrist then fled the scene and was found at his home, having shot himself in the chest with a pellet gun. He was charged in the 11 deaths after an investigation determined he had been operating the ferry under the influence of painkillers Tramadol and Tylenol PM, which caused him to pass out while at the controls. He was sentenced to 18 months in prison and four others were also found at fault in a breakdown of safety procedures and for making false statements. The ferry involved in the crash, the Andrew J. Barbary, would be taken out of service and repaired, but shortly after returning to service, it would be involved in a second crash, where the reverse thrusters malfunctioned as it was approaching the Staten Island dock, injuring 37 people. And now let's look back at what we were talking about on a great big city during this week in history. We're currently watching the MTA's new busway on 14th Street. But three years ago, we saw the first test trains along the new 2nd Avenue subway. Train aficionado DJ Hammers on YouTube caught a glimpse of empty subway cars through a stairway at 63rd and Lex that were being run on the new 2nd Avenue line. The test cars were loaded with large boxes, presumably to simulate the weight of a fully loaded train. Although the test train was making stops, the 2nd Avenue portion of the subway and the subway platforms weren't available to the public yet. The 2nd Avenue line would open three months later in January 2017. Eight years ago, we were looking at Rockefeller Center and Bryant Park preparing their skating rinks, and both rinks are on schedule this year as well. Rockefeller Center's rink opens on Saturday, October 12th, with regular admission being $25 for adults and $15 for children under 11 years old. And the Bryant Park rink will open as part of their Winter Village on October 31st with free admission. And two years ago, the NTSB was working to track down the drone pilot who was responsible for a quadcopter drone colliding with an Army helicopter. The Black Hawk helicopter was hovering at about 300 feet near Midland Beach in Staten Island when a DJI Phantom drone struck the helicopter's blade and the window frame, which obliterated the drone but did lodge a piece of debris in the helicopter that the NTSB would use to identify the owner of the drone. When interviewed by the NTSB, the drone operator admitted that he was flying the drone outside of his visual range and was unaware of the helicopter's flight path. Data from the drone operator's controller showed the drone's flight from Diker Beach Park out over the water, along the Coney Island shore, and then looping back over open water towards Staten Island. It was at that point that the drone hit the helicopter.
A great big city has been running a 24-hour news feed since 2010, but the AGBC News Podcast is just getting started and we need your support. A great big city is built on a dedication to explaining what's happening and how it fits into the larger history of New York, which means thoroughly researching every topic and avoiding clickbait headlines to provide a straightforward, honest, and factual explanation of the news. Individuals can make a monthly or one-time contribution at agreatbigcity.com support, and local businesses can have a lasting impact by supporting local news while promoting products or services directly to interested customers listening to the podcast. Visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to learn more. A Great Big City is more than just a news website. It automatically checks MTA data before morning rush hour and sends out notifications if there are delays on any subway lines, Long Island Railroad or Metro North trains, and bridges and tunnels. Follow A Great Big City on social media to receive the alerts. Park of the Day Corporal Fisher Park in Highbridge in the Bronx This park honors a New Yorker who enlisted in the United States Army and served in the 75th Joint Assault Signal Company of the Army Air Corps during World War II, Corporal Irwin A. Fisher. The park land is undeveloped and appears to be inaccessible due to a fence around the property, but it adds a nice bit of green to the street corner. Nearby, Corporal Irwin Fisher Place was previously known as Highbridge Street, Hennessy Place, and briefly, James R. Murphy Place. In parks' events, you can go pumpkin picking at Decker Farm in historic Richmond Town on Staten Island. Saturdays and Sundays through October 26th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., you can stop by historic Richmond Town and for just $6 gain access to hay rides, a hay maze, enjoy some apple cider and s'mores, and of course choose from a variety of pumpkins. The farm may be 200 years old, but it even features pumpkin chunkin' with a huge bungee slingshot. Visit the link in the show notes to historicrichmondtown.org for directions and more info. Now let's see what our robot friend has picked out for this week on the concert calendar. Here's the AGBC concert calendar for the upcoming week. Municipal Waste, Drop Dead, and Napalm Death are playing the Bowery Ballroom on Saturday, October 12th. Amana Marth, Arch Enemy, at the Gates, and Grand Magus are playing the Hammerstein Ballroom on Saturday, October 12th. Liz Fair is playing the Gerald W. Lynch Theater at John Jay College on Saturday, October 12th. David Byrne is playing the Hudson Theater on Sunday, October 13th. Lowstock and Loveland and Morning Sideline are playing Bowery Electric on Sunday, October 13th. Explosions in the Sky is playing the Knockdown Center on Sunday, October 13th. Wilco is playing Brooklyn Steel and Greenpoint on Sunday, October 13th at 7 p.m. Sarah Bareilles and Emily King are playing Madison Square Garden on Sunday, October 13th at 8 p.m. Post Malone and Sway Lee are playing Madison Square Garden on Monday, October 14th at 8 p.m. Casey Musgraves is playing Radio City Music Hall on Tuesday, October 15th. Orville Peck is playing the Music Hall of Williamsburg on Tuesday, October 15th. The Black Keys and Modest Mouse are playing the Barclays Center on Tuesday, October 15th at 7 p.m. Steely Dan is playing the Beacon Theater on Tuesday, October 15th at 8 p.m. Moontooth, Cryptodira, 
Husbandry, and Johnny Booth are playing St. Vitus Bar on Wednesday, October 16. Matt Corby is playing Webster Hall on Wednesday, October 16. The Vivian Girls are playing Warsaw on Thursday, October 17. The Chainsmokers and Five Seconds of Summer are playing the Barclays Center on Thursday, October 17 at 7 p.m. The number 12 Looks Like You, Godmother, and Pound are playing Debonair Music Hall on Friday, October 18. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at agreatbigcity.com slash events. Here's something you may not have known about New York. Those silver boxes you see along the sidewalk with water sampling stamped onto them are used to monitor the quality of New York City's water. There are 965 sampling stations citywide, and more than 1,300 samples are collected each month. Extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history. A record high of 90 degrees on October 17, 1938 and a record low of 32 degrees on October 15, 1876. Weather for the week ahead? A chance of rain on Wednesday, but otherwise mostly cloudy throughout the week. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City, or email contact at agreatbigcity.com with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Subscribe to A Great Big City News wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Player FM, or listen to each episode on the podcast pages at agreatbigcity.com slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening and visit our podcast site to see show notes and extra links for each episode. Our intro and outro music is Start the Day by Lee Rosefear. And the concert calendar music is from jukedeck.com. Thanks for being part of a great big city.